Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. In this episode, you'll hear about the importance of financial literacy for healthcare and pharmacy professionals. And guest Tim Albrecht will be sharing a bit about his personal journey to financial freedom. Okay, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, Tim Ulbrich. Tim is the Associate Dean for Workforce Development and Practice Advancement at Northeast Ohio Medical University. He received his PharmD from the Ohio Northern University and did his residency training through the Ohio State University. Tim, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Hillary. So excited to, to be on the show today and excited about the work that you're doing with this podcast. So thanks for having me. Thank you. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and maybe tell us a bit about your personal life. Yeah. So, you know, certainly a, a, a fancy title that probably can bore some people uh, on the workforce development practice advancement. So we'll come back to that. But let's start with the fun personal stuff. So you talked about graduating from Ohio Northern and did your residency training at Ohio State. Go Buckeyes for the Buckeye fans out there that are that are listening. Um, and currently, uh, my wife Jess and I have three boys, my oldest son Samuel, my middle son Everett, and my youngest son Levi. So I've officially lost all control of my household with three boys at home. But that's how it goes. So love, uh, love those three boys and um, appreciate just living life with them and my wife. And I always joke that when people ask, what do I do? Uh, I say I'm an academic by day and teach and love teaching and working with students. And I'm a dad, husband and financial nerd at night. So I'm sure we'll get into talking about personal finance, but that's a little bit about me on the personal side. Yeah, wonderful. Well, sounds like you stay busy, (laughs) which is great. Yes. And so Tim, uh, you've got experience in residency training and development of outpatient pharmacy services models. So kind of focusing on your your day job at first. And you've got a a great partnership um, with pharmacy innovations to establish innovative care models in Northeast Ohio. Can you tell us a little bit more about that work? Yeah, my day job here at the university really has kind of two main buckets. One is around uh, this area of career development. So I'm really passionate about working with student pharmacists, helping them identify a career path that is of interest to them, and then helping them navigate that path and seeing them through achieving that goal, or at least getting started in that goal in their career. And and that passion really came from uh, sitting down with lots of student pharmacists as I've been here at the university for a little over eight years. And I found that people tend to be thinking about job opportunities based on what they see other people doing, uh, which can obviously be limiting. But when you really encourage them and challenge them to think about what what are the characteristics in a job that you want, or what are the things that you're looking for to balance between career and life? And then once we can identify those things, really working backwards to figure out what job opportunities might put you in a role like that that they describe? And then how can I help them get towards that path? So whether it's residency training, non-residency training, opening their own business, going on to graduate school, I don't care what it is. I'm passionate about helping them identify what that may be and then helping them work through 
that process to get there. So that's one part. The, the other part is really around building uh, and sustaining innovative practice models. So I did my residency training at, at Ohio State University College of Pharmacy in an AmCare setting and quickly realized that there was a need for developing innovative patient care models. And what, what I realized is that it wasn't only the need for innovation, but what I felt like I wasn't taught very well during school was how do you develop sustainable, innovative patient care models? So I think in academia, sometimes we get a bad rap for coming up with great ideas, but we can't necessarily always think about how do we practically implement those ideas. And so here at Neomed, we realized there was really this disconnect between what we were trying to teach our students in terms of what we were seeing as ideal practice and what our students said they were experiencing out in internships or out in experiential rotations. So we decided that we would start a company here at the university, and we call that Pharmacy Innovations. And that company would essentially be a, an incubator, a, a breeding ground, a training model for us to model and demonstrate to both students and the workforce around us that we can develop and innovate sustainable, non-dispensing patient care services. And so we're very much a, start, a startup company here at the university where we've done that. We have some exciting initiatives. We started first with our own employees and their family members in a medication therapy management contract, which has been exciting. And, and it really gave us an opportunity to test different ideas of how we can innovate on existing MTM models, how we could show the value and worth of that, and also how you get paid for that. And then we've also been dabbling in some telehealth contracts to try to expand our reach out to other health systems, uh, especially since we're in a, a relatively uh, rural area here in Northeast Ohio. So those are the two main areas around really career development and then around practice advancement. Wow. Uh, what great opportunities the students there at Neomed have uh, with the really highly focused um individualized uh, kind of training and, and coaching that you're able to provide so that they can really find their niche and grow and, and be um, successful pharmacists after they graduate. And it's definitely uh, a benefit, I'm sure, of uh, graduating from there, uh, which is wonderful. And then the innovative things that you're doing, creating a company uh, out of the university, and some of those things are just really outstanding and I, I look forward to seeing how that continues to grow um, across the country. So, Tim, what, what would you say are some of the skills uh, that you have that really lend themselves well to, to helping that coaching and, and career development? Yeah, I think on the career uh, development side, um, I like to ask the students, I think, the somewhat hard, difficult, uncomfortable questions that I'm not sure they always get asked that really that really make them think about their career, not, not only in a professional aspect, but how does their career fit in with other parts of life that obviously they're going to try to be balancing after graduation. So one, one of the activities, just as an example, I like to do with a students in a residency elective that we have here at the university is I, I like them to think about a situation five years from now. And essentially the scenario goes like this. You run into a, a friend, uh, maybe a, maybe formerly a best friend or a colleague, somebody you haven't seen in about five years, and you run into them at the airport and they ask you, how are you doing? And your, your quick response is, you know what, I'm doing great. Things couldn't be going better. 
And what I asked them to do is to think about that answer and to write down four different domains in their future life five years from now. One of those has to be professional, but the other three are for them to, de to decide. And I give them examples. Maybe it's health, maybe it's spiritual, maybe it's financial, uh, whatever those important areas would be in their life. And then I say, write down things that as a result collectively would result in you saying, you know what, I think life's going great. What would that look like in five years? And I think that visual activity where they start to articulate that helps them pull back from just the professional piece, which obviously you and I can agree is important. But at the end of the day, it's not everything, right? And we need to be helping them think about how does this professional career fit in with all these other areas that they deem to be important? And so I like them to think about that with the goal that if, if I can help them identify those things now, then hopefully they can live a more fulfilling and balanced career after graduation, whatever those goals would be. And I, I think one of the things I've realized here is that unintentionally, uh, we often are putting expectations on students that we may not even realize uh, that they have. So let me give you an example. I do a lot of residency coaching here, and I, I've come to find out that it seems like a lot of students uh, that are pursuing residency training almost feel that pressure to pursue residency training, whether that's whether that's perceived, maybe a faculty member gave them an impression, you know, intentionally or not, whatever would be the case. And what I really want to do is ask them that question do they really want to be doing residency training or does somebody else want them to be doing residency training? And, and maybe we conclude it's the best option, but maybe not. And that's okay. Maybe it's owning their own business, going into a, a direct entry position, going into postgraduate, whatever it would be. Um, that's kind of the, the, the thing I'm passionate about is asking them those challenging, um, somewhat probing questions that really get them to think about um, what life is going to be like, not only career-wise, but but other areas as well. Yeah, that that's really helpful, and uh, I'm sure they appreciate uh, being asked the tough questions because you're exactly right. Uh, we kind of get a lot of script uh, as students um, that you know, oh, what do you have to do? You're going to do clinical, and you have to do a residency, and and it kind of right. seems like this path is drawn out for you, but it's fun to explore some different areas of pharmacy. It's not uh, always your typical uh, retail or hospital. Um, you know, you're in academia and have a lot of other exciting things going on. And, and now I'm kind of working at a, a charitable medication distributor that um, is now growing and reaching an, a national Presence is a collaborative that helps uh, health systems connect with their vulnerable patients and connecting the pharmaceutical companies to them as well. So um, there's a lot of great fun things in pharmacy, and I love that you're able to really help students identify that. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that I've realized, whether it's really through pharmacy innovations work or even just coaching students, is, you know, that, that ability to inspire and motivate others is is such a critical skill. And I'm sure you can remember as a student working faculty or, or preceptors that had that ability to kind of identify in you what were your passions and what were your strengths and how could they help you better see that, motivate you, coach you. I, I love I love the work in being able to see an opportunity um, and to create a plan or create a solution that's going to help solve a problem or to be sitting with a student and you can you can almost hear the, the change in their inflection and tone when they're talking about something 
that means so much to them? And, and how can you help identify that? And how can you help inspire them to move forward with the, with the things that they're passionate about? Yeah, that's exciting. And so, Tim, you're also the creator of the pharmacy podcast, the fin- or your financial pharmacist. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about the inspiration for that. Yeah, so speaking of passions, this is a passion for me. Um, and you're probably going to hear that in my voice as I get excited and, and talk faster here over the next couple of minutes. But so so essentially, the, the, the short story uh, for me is that 2008, I graduated from pharmacy school, got married about uh, six months before graduation, uh, completed residency training, moved up here in Northeast Ohio for my first job, bought my first home. And from high school till seven years later at that point, I looked up and had about $350,000 in debt. And, you know, it, it's interesting because probably anybody besides a group listening to this podcast would hear that number and would probably say, what, 350? Is that real? Did that actually happen? But we've, we've almost become so accustomed to that number of large debt loads. I found that as I'm, I'm speaking or working with other people, uh, even just in a class this week with students here at the university, it doesn't really phase them much when you hear that type of number. Now, thankfully, um, a mortgage was in there. So about 200000 of that was what I was calling non-mortgage debt. So the debt that I was really focused on getting rid of. And I found myself from 2009 to 2012, I can honestly say, looking back, it didn't even phase me, didn't even think about it, lived every month as if it probably wasn't even there. And in hindsight, that that was really the problem and something I'm passionate about changing in terms of people's perspective on that right now. 2012, I I was reading a lot of books, listening to a lot of podcasts. I can literally remember it hit me in about a month period of time. And as I look back, it hit me in that moment that I was broke. Despite any given month that that things were coming in, I wasn't really thinking about a month-by-month basis. But at the end of the day, as I look back, I had a negative net worth of $225,000. And if there's any humbling reality to your financial situation, it's doing a net worth calculation. Because any given month can look really good. You can be bringing home $7,000 a month. You could be paying your bills. Maybe you don't even have credit card debt. But a net worth calculation and in the book, Seven Figure Pharmacist, we call this the financial vitals check. That really is sort of the, the heartbeat of where are you at financially. And that reality is when you have a negative net worth of $225,000, the reality is that you're broke. And I was. And so things really started to change there. In 2012, my wife and I finally got serious about budgeting, which nobody wants to talk about budgeting, right? It's not fun. And that piece alone for us was the catalyst to really start the journey to pay that off. And so at the time, my wife, Jess, was was staying home and still stays home with my three boys. And so we had one income. And through the budgeting process alone, we were able to free up about $2,000 a month, a little more than that. And we were able to throw extra at the principal on our loans. And for those of you that, that are out there, you know, making farms a salary, you, you know very well how easy it is to, to lose track of one or $2,000 by working at a Target, Amazon, all types of things that we buy that we often don't keep track of. So, so that was the catalyst. And long story short, fall 2015, uh, October to be exact, I still have a screenshot on my computer. Uh, my wife and I hit submit on the very last payment of that $200,000 of non-mortgage debt. And really, that journey got me fired up, and I started talking to more pharmacists about this. And the one thing I quickly realized, and this is known to pharmacists, is that the financial literacy for pharmacists is really no different than the financial literacy of the general population. The, the challenge is we have a lot higher debt loads that continue to increase at, at paces that we have never seen before. 
but we often get lulled into a comfort because of the income that comes along with that. And so I, I started talking with other pharmacists, realized there was a need for education in this space. That led to the start of the Your Financial Pharmacist blog, which led to the writing of the book, Seven Figure Pharmacist, and led to the launch of the Your Financial Pharmacist podcast. And so it's been fun. So it's been a journey of creating and empowering a community of pharmacists that are really passionate about looking at the status quo and, and saying, you know what, I think there's a different way to do this and helping them on a path towards achieving financial freedom. Wow. I think what you're doing is really amazing because learning those principles earlier in your career is so helpful. You've really hit on something and it's something that pharmacists don't have a lot of training in. This is a really outstanding area. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And I'll be the first to share. And I have for those that have followed the, the podcast or the blog or, or we've been the book, Seven Figure Pharmacist, probably half of that is mistakes that my co-author Tim Turch made, if more, what we learned about that. And and I think there's no better way to help people learn than, than to be vulnerable and share some of the mistakes that you've made. So, you know, I'm actually at the time of this recording tonight, I'm getting ready to do a Facebook Live event all on home buying, car buying, and the expenses associated with children. And this is the life I feel like I've lived uh, for the last seven years. And as I'm developing what I want to talk about, it's like, wow, some of this I've done okay, but a lot of it I've learned through mistakes. And, and that's the reality of the topic, as you know, is it's, it's nothing we're ever going to be perfect in. It's, it's very behavioral. And it's all about empowering, encouraging, learning from mistakes, continuing to learn, and consistently staying on this path that over time will have a compound of towards something good. So exciting. It's, it's been a fun journey. That's awesome. Well, hopefully you'll be doing some more Facebook Live events and people can tune in to you then. So that's awesome. So Tim, uh, tell us about, you know, some of the biggest successes in your career. Of course, I'm sure one being that you wrote, uh, you've written a book, uh, The Seven Figure Pharmacist and have sold, I believe I saw somewhere 700 copies in six weeks. You might have more up to date stats, but um, what are some of the takeaways uh, and, you know, why are you most proud of, of some of those successes that you'll share with us? Yeah, you know, the, the book Seven Figure Pharmacist was a fun project. And, and a lot of that was, as I mentioned, co-authored with Tim Church, which actually was a former student of mine, which just a brilliant guy. And that was a lot of fun to do together. A lot of early mornings, late nights. So really rewarding to see on the back end. But you know, it, it was it was a fun challenge as well, business-wise, because we, we decided to go the self-publishing route, which means that when you're not mm -hmm. up on Amazon, it's on your back to do PR, marketing, promotion, uh, you know, the whole nine yards, website development, everything. And that was, a, that was a fun challenge. We had a lot of fun with that. We learned a lot through that. Uh, and yeah, so the first six weeks, we sold about 700 copies. Right now, we're actually getting closer to about 1,400, I think 1,500 copies, which has been a lot of fun since we launched it in April. But more fun than that, even though that's, that's rewarding, is to hear the feedback we're getting about what it's doing in terms of changing people's financial lives. I mean, when, when I get an email that says, you know what, my wife and I, my husband and I sat down and we worked on a budget together, or you know what, I've been overwhelmed by student debt this whole time and then we read this chapter and we took that action. That is so rewarding and makes everything worth it in terms of early mornings, late nights, to know that it's actually having an impact, you know, on people. So I, I, I think the book is one. The, the other one that really stands out to me in terms of, you know, moments that I look back and say, you know, that was a great opportunity. I had a lot of fun. Is in 2013, I had an opportunity at the University of Buffalo to do a TEDx talk on uh, medication therapy management and the role of the pharmacist. Um, 
And that was an incredible uh, experience because I'd never given a talk like that, you know, in, in a platform like that. And I really felt like it allowed me to get out there and motivate and encourage the public, other healthcare providers on the role that a pharmacist can play on a healthcare team, how they're being underutilized. And also even just to demonstrate to other students and pharmacists that you're doing awesome work, go out there and share that work. Um, you know, and, and at the moment it felt risky, it felt intimidating, but as I look back, it really led to a lot of other opportunities. Uh, and it just allowed me to even become more comfortable with, with public speaking and other things. So those two things certainly uh, stand out at the top. What an honor to be able to, to share that in that type of a platform. So congratulations on that. Uh, so Tim, just a few more quick questions. Uh, how do you stay current with what's going on in healthcare and yeah. more specifically within the pharmacy field? Yeah, so for me, staying current is all about reading and learning and just having that passion and desire to learn. Um, you know, quick funny story for you. I was heading out to uh, Napa Valley recently for my wife and I. We had our 10-year anniversary. And um, it was just her and I without the kids. And I was joking with her because I brought all these books with me. I said, I'm so excited. I get to do three of my favorite things this week. I get to be with you. I get to drink wine. I get to learn something. Um, and, and that passion to learn is what I'm trying to always inspire in students. You know, that ability to, to kind of self-motivate, identify topics. So whether it's books, podcasts, uh, organizational newsletters, anything I'm trying to get my hands on to stay up to date, current, learn something new, try something, test it, learn from it. Um, so, so podcasts and books for me are really big. The other thing I will say that has been key for me is professional organization involvement. So I've been involved in the national level in the American Pharmacists Association, uh, formerly with their new practitioner group. And then here at the state level, uh, I've served on the Ohio Pharmacists Association Board of Trustees uh, for the last six years. And that's allowed me to continually be networking, be attending meetings, be attending events, step to date on news. And, and I know we drive that home with our students, the importance of networking. Um, but it's really come to fruition for me in my career, not only relationship-wise, but also just the opportunity to learn, to see other examples, best practices, and to connect with other colleagues to say, hey, you've done this before, and I'm trying to do it. What did you learn? How can I learn from you? And is there an opportunity for us to collaborate? That's awesome. And Tim, what are some of the things that excite you about the future of pharmacy? Yeah, you know, th this question, actually, I was just thinking about this as I was giving a presentation yesterday to freshmen in high school about what the profession of pharmacy has to offer. And that was fun to do and challenging. But one of the things I was really thinking about is it seems like we're, we're kind of in this perfect storm right now in the profession of pharmacy. And what I mean by that is, is, is we obviously have an emerging healthcare system that is really looking for models of care that are not developed based on just the quantity of care that you get, but the quality of care. And I think that screams pharmacist, 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 when you look at the evidence and the outcomes we have in terms of pharmacists impacting patient outcomes. The other thing I think about is we continue to see staggering numbers of patient non-adherence, patients that even if they get the best treatments prescribed, aren't taking their medication for whatever reason. That screams pharmacist, pharmacist, pharmacist. And, and as I just think about what's evolving in terms of the, of the job market, in terms of inappropriate medication use amongst patients, people taking more medications, I think we have a great opportunity for us in front of us that I think some people look at pessimistically and say, you know, we have a gloom and doom job market. I look at optimistically and say, what a great role and time for innovation and entrepreneurship for people to see those opportunities to create new jobs, create new uh, legislation to advocate for our profession, and to take hold of some of those opportunities to maybe invent and reinvent the profession in ways that we, that we haven't seen it before. So 
those are the things that, that come to mind that I think present uh, itself naturally where a pharmacist can fit into our healthcare system and really own a part of that system, working together with other healthcare professionals to help provide better care really at a, at a lower cost as well. Absolutely. Addressing that uh, IHI triple aim or now the, the quadruple aim. So uh, love that and love that you're teaching those students to get creative and uh, yeah, pursue ways that they are bringing value uh, to the entire healthcare system. There are definitely a lot of ways um, with with med adherence and, and all of the different things that you mentioned. So it, it is an exciting time. I agree. And finally, Tim, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self and for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? Yeah, you know, one thing that jumps to mind is I can remember sitting in pharmacy school and really unsure at the time about residency training. And I thought, you know what, I've done enough work to get to this doctorate degree. Isn't this going to be the end of it? And then obviously that evolved into residency training. And now I've quickly realized that, you know, a lot of what I learned in school, while good information, probably the desire to learn has been more important than anything I ever learned in school. And so I would say to, to, to young practitioners or even students, Really, this is just the beginning. And, you know, to be able to create that desire to learn, find something you're passionate, excited about where you really can say, I want to learn more about this. I want to go to this conference. I want to read this book to, to continually better yourself. And I'll, I think you'll see that opportunities will present themselves and doors will open up. The other thing that comes to my mind, you know, to, to tell my younger self would be network, network, and network. And I'm glad I took that advice seriously. But that really is so important, building a professional network, building those relationships, will lead to collaborations, will lead to job opportunities, and certainly uh, will be able to, to better impact your career in the future. So those are the, the two. And the, and the third I would just add in there is that bring energy and passion to, to work every day. You know, if you can bring excitement, enthusiasm, people feed off of that energy, whether it's coworkers, students, and I think you'll just see opportunities will, will come just from bringing that energy and excitement to what you do every day. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that advice, Tim. And I totally agree. Passion and um, you're obviously a lifelong learner. So thanks so much for sharing a little bit about what you do and uh, some of the exciting things happening over at your financial pharmacist. Everybody needs to go check that out and try out one of your Facebook live events. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on listening. Thanks for bearing with us with some of the audio overlap. 